Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. This is the Kane's Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget that you can download or subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes or Google Play stores or listen to WRALsportsfan.com and on our WRAL Sports Fan app. Now, here's your Kane's Corner Podcast host, Adam Gold. Rod Brindamore is the head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, and he joins us because at the end of the week, we've got the draft, so many things to process. Uh, first of all, let me just ask kind of a personal question about the end of the season. How long did it take you to unwind and process the year? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know that it, I actually ever have. Like, you just kind of keep moving on. And, you know, I think, you know, actually, I came out here. I'm doing a, I had a charity event the other day, and I'm in Canada. So, you know, I got everything kind of gets brought up again. And, um, everyone was pretty excited here, but it, I think you just kind of, you just keep moving on. So I don't really know if we've had time to unwind and I don't really know if you will, but we're always looking to now, how do we get better? And you just, you just, you know, the draft free agency, we're trying to sign our players. It just seems to never end to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I got Justin Williams to admit that it was better than a pretty good season. When I spoke to him last week, because you know, you know the way Justin is. If you don't win the cup, it right. uh, it wasn't great. But uh, you guys clearly did accomplish a lot. Well, we I, no question. I mean, you, 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 I wouldn't say we, you know, I want to say overachieved, but we kind of did. I think we we got the most out of our guys, and that's so. I guess that's not overachieving. I think that's we. Everybody gave everything they could, and I think you know, you look down the line of the guys we had. I think you pretty much say everybody played really well and um you know obviously we had a fairly successful season because of it and uh you know it's not what we wanted to to do in terms of how we finished it all that's not that finish kind of always going to leave a bad taste in your mouth but hopefully that's the motivation to for next year to keep you know keep getting better Rod Brindamore joining us on the Allen Kelly and Company Train Hotline, head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. Now that you've had some time to process uh, the end of the season and looking ahead to next season as you get ready for the draft, what is what is that one thing that you'd really like to address this offseason that might get you not to overachieve and a little bit over the top? Uh, well, there's a couple, but I think the first thing is I want to get the guys back. You know, like I, I really we're, – we're trying, which I know we are, you know, talking quite a bit with management and we're trying to get our guys signed up that we need to get signed up and you guys know all the names so uh you know that's the challenge now when you do have a little bit of a successful season then you know what everybody wants right so we're we're, we're trying to make sure we manage that right and and uh you know there's a little more challenges here than maybe other places but we, we got to get that done we got to get that locked down and then uh you know obviously you know, if we can add a piece here or there, I really like the fact that we have, I think, you know, a couple of young guys that we could put in. So uh, that, that were playing in Charlotte last year, you know, Marty Netcash, I think it's his time. So I think that, that I look at that as a positive an addition, um, see what he can do. And then, uh, you know, if we can get, you know, our, everyone else back, then 
just getting better naturally with our young guys. You know, Svesh, I think, is going to take a, a step. I think he's going to be better. I mean, none of you are even, you know, Ajos and Teravines. You expect them to even keep getting better. So, um, you know, we'll see. I think getting the guys back, though, is the number one priority. What did you like most about Svechnikov's first year? His improvement. Just as and his, uh, you know, we talked a lot, Adam, about just the way he is. Uh, you just everything about this kid is, is special. I mean, he wants to get better. I just we just love that. He's he's going to be a great hurricane because he has the right attitude. He's got he's humble. He's you know he's he's a great player, but you would never know it the way you talk to him. He's just he's always uh, trying to get better. You know, he works so hard, and uh, and I think uh, that's. I mean, you can't ask for more. I mean, do you see him down the road being a guy who you can use in all situations, like even killing penalties? Uh, that one's a stretch at this point. Right. <laughs> I think, you know what, I, if, I was, if we're down a goal, like that's really what happened, you know, with, with even Al and, and, and Turbo was out of kind of just necessity, you know, with a couple injuries and then thought, well, we're down a goal, why don't we try him? And then I was like, hey, wait a minute, that's, I'm not bad. And then. You know the fact that the way the game goes and the way we we think it, we you know we want to try to score all the time. Why not put a little your best players out there? I mean, eventually, let's face it, you're, you're paying these guys what you're paying them. They better play everywhere. Right. I mean, that's kind of the way I look at it. So <laughs> they got to go earn it. And so um, I think Seth's going to end up being one of those guys. And if we can teach him to kill penalties, then why wouldn't you put him out there? Rod Brindamore joining us on the Allen Kelly and Company Train Hotline. So the Blues win the Stanley Cup, and I noticed that uh, Glenn Wesley was very, very quick to update his Twitter bio. Uh, Two-time Stanley Cup champion. That have you, yeah. have, you, have you talked to him about this? Is it is something you no, guys texted? We t- I, mean, I, I congratulate him. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I kind of I, I kind of forgot that Wesley was over there. We we just you know I haven't talked to him in so long. Um, so it was actually a good reason to, to uh, you know, catch up and text. And, I mean, he's he, – you know what? He's enjoying it, and that's great. <laughs> and, um, I'm not too sure. I know he's a development guy there, so uh, he probably has a good couple of relationships with some of the players that came up, and, you know, good for him. I'm glad that you said that you also forgot <laughs> that he was in St. Louis because I did too. And I go, wait a minute. How do – oh, yeah. So, see, you, you just got busy, right? I got busy, and, uh, you know, it's that's how that happens in life, you know. <laughs> Rod Brindamore joining us here. Uh, it was cool to see a city that uh, had never won a cup uh, win a Stanley Cup. I think it brought uh, people a lot of memories here. It kind of came flooding back. Uh, but um, you mentioned bringing the guys back. Is that is because the chemistry that you guys had developed over the course of the year – and I think it probably was evident to you guys earlier than maybe it was to a lot of fans. Uh, how do you? What kind of balance do you have to strike between uh, adding some pieces to the mix that you know you need and maintaining that chemistry, that camaraderie that you guys had? Well, that's the whole. I think that's the key to being successful in in, in hockey and organizations is is you always got to get better. So how do you do that? And identifying that, and then making sure you don't give up. What, what has made you successful, you know, and there's an identity that I think we've created and that's because of the guys we have here. And, you know, you don't want to, you know, you don't, you don't want to lose that. And that's, that's important. So I think meaning, let's say we, oh, we got to get more goal scoring and you go out and try to find more goal scores, but you lose maybe a little bit of that grit factor. How does that affect your team? And, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, I, maybe I'm a little more, 
maybe too much involved with wanting to get our guys back, but I just I'd rather stick with the guys you know than you know necessarily always going mm-hmm. out and trying to find that next piece. And um, so it's really important for me to to try to keep our guys because I like them and I think they're obviously. I mean, you know, we had a pretty successful season with what we had, and if we can tweak it here and there and and uh, you know get a little bit better, then you know why not? We have we had a chance this year then. There's no reason why we couldn't again next year. Rod Brindamore joining us, head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. Interesting that you would say that. Um, is it the is it the youth of the group? Because you, look, you've you've been with the organization long enough. There have been instances where, uh, whether it's making the Stanley Cup uh, in 2002 or winning it in 2006 uh, or 2009 when they make the playoffs again and go to the Eastern Conference Finals, a tendency to want to keep the group together, and it hasn't gone well. So, what is it about this group that makes you think it can be different? Well. I don't know that I would agree with you 100% there. I think I think if you look back when we won, the next year we lost, I think, three or four guys. You know, I can remember losing, you know, Aaron Ward left, and I think Cullen left. Cullen. And, mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you do, you, and then Gerbs left. Like, you, you lose, you, you, do, you do actually you lose, you lose guys, and I, that's kind of what, what I remember. And then what happens is you bring in two or three or four new guys, and sometimes that doesn't work. That was my biggest fear this year, taking over was when I looked at the roster, we, I think we had 10 or 11 players that were new. And that I was worried about how we would come together and if we would and, you know, what would everybody be thinking and, you know, are they trying to get their deals and not worrying about the team and blah, blah, blah. And, and I think uh, we lucked out that we had, you know, the good pieces in place. We've talked enough about it, about the leadership and, and that kind of thing. But it is it is important to, I think, build something. And that's what we're, you know, I think we took a step in the right direction this year. All right, let me ask you about that leadership. Because I've spoken with Justin Williams, did a podcast with him last week, and I asked him about, first thing I asked him was about conversations between he and his agent uh, and the Hurricanes. And he says, right now we're talking, but just as as friends, which was hysterical. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're, what's, uh, what's your level? Well, I know what your level of interest is in Justin Williams. Uh, where do you think this all plays out? I don't know. I, I'm I'm honest with you. I, I you know I, I'm shooting you straight here. That right. the, the, I I really think it's in his hands, and that's the way it should be. You know, in my opinion. And so, you know, he's got a. You know, I talked at the end of the year with him, and I said I'll see you in August, and we'll revisit it. You know, because I think he needs to really take that time. You know, because I've been there. You know. Mm-hmm. Really make sure that you're coming back for the right reasons, and then you know if your heart isn't 100% in it, then it's for him especially because this guy plays with his heart, you know. And so if if he doesn't have that, he's not going to be very good. And and I think that's what he knows. Uh, and so he needs to take like he's doing. He's doing it right. I mean, he's playing golf every day, I think, and he's <laughs> enjoying his off time with his family. And then you know I'm hoping that in August he gets sick of him, you know, and he's like, okay, I got to get back in here. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, give it another shot. And that's kind of the play where we're, I'm going with right now. I mean, he, he is working out. I, we do know that. He said he's working out every day because he says as, uh, as a guy who will be 38 years old when the season rolls around, you can't get into shape for the season. You need to stay in shape. So in that regard, he is very similar to you. Will you be surprised if he doesn't play? Uh, uh, <laughs> no. I, I won't be. I won't be at all, actually. But um, be a little disappointed. So, <laughs> but I, 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 I won't be surprised. That's what I mean. I, I think he. Listen, he came into this year, in my opinion, thinking he, this was it. 
Right. And he when he played that way, you know, like he played as if I, I, this is all I, uh, I got and I'm not going to have another shot. And, and he laid it out on the line, in my opinion, every night. And I saw it in him. I saw a guy that played. If you look at the minutes, I ended up playing him mm-hmm. way more than I had anticipated. But I kind of had to, you know. And he uh, he answered the bell every night. So I I don't know how much he has left. That's why I'm not bugging him yet, you know. So we'll we'll give him a little more time, and then we'll just see where he's at. When do you bug him? When do you when do you uh, when do you hit him up with a text? Yeah, like I told you, I give him another month or two. Another month, okay. All right. I'll sniff around in August, see where he's at. His kids got to go back to school. Like I got this planned out. Once they go back and he's looking around and he's going to be like, hey, what do I got to do? And normally he'd be getting back on the ice with the guys. That's about when you come hard at him. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Look, he scored a goal with his face Mm -hmm. this year. Uh, He scored a goal with his, I'll just say his cup this year. Uh, I, I don't know how many players have ever done that double in uh, in the course of their career. You said he had his best season, so uh, and this is obviously taking into account a lot of things, including uh, the leadership and that responsibility. Right. Um, what right. was it about this year that made it so special from from a Justin Williams standpoint? I, well, everything you just said. I think coming in, he, he had a new role in the sense that it was you know, he was always a leader. But now it's the focal point, right? Everyone now is talking mm-hmm. about it. So now it becomes about you a little more and having to make sure this is your team. And, you know, he he just stepped up on that regard. And now, obviously, the guys, you got to give them all a lot of credit because they all bought into to Justin. And it's hard. It, it's easy to, number one. So he created that, that environment that we were looking for in the locker room. And to me, that was the job. You know, that was what we needed done down there. And... He did that, so the play was almost secondary. And, and then he played, in my opinion, like I had had him penciled in as a third-line right winger because that's what mm-hmm. he is. That's what he's been, you know, basically his whole career. And suddenly he just kept rising up. And next thing you know, he's, in my opinion, I had to I had to play him as much as I did because he earned it. You know, he was the best one, you know. Like, mm-hmm. So all that stuff for me at his age. And, and again, I just saw every day how hard he, he you know, was playing. And – I didn't expect it to be that. So, I mean, I, I played with him, and he, to me, he played as good as he did back when, when I remember him as a player, when you know, along, alongside me as a lineman. Rob Brindamore joining us here. All right, uh, you talked about yeah, there are guys in Charlotte that are uh, that obviously played very well, and credit to the Checkers for winning the Calder Cup. Um, I, so, what, what of which of those players do you think? impressed you to the point where yeah this guy's got a real chance to break training camp on the nhl team well i mean i don't know if i should be saying it but i will because okay. we're good buddies and uh, <laughs> you know uh, this this goes you know it, I, I i think it's okay to say i think i think obviously we talked about marty netcash i think everybody knows that mm-hmm. he was actually on the team last year for a while right. start the season i didn't envision him staying in the minors the whole year um, but I think, you know, I, I don't think it was a bad thing for him. Right. And then we ended up, you know, I don't want to say we didn't need him, but it ended up that it worked out. So I, I think that he's ready to take that step and be the player that we kind of thought he would be last year. Uh, so I think looking looking for, for big things out of him, potentially. The guy that probably surprised me the most this year was uh, Goche. Right. I think, uh, you know, he's a first-round pick, and, 
and he's huge and he can skate and there's a bunch of things that are there that I didn't know that we were going to come together. And if you watched in the end in the playoffs, he was, he's the guy that I think has a chance to be something. Right. Not, you know, we have a lot of guys down there that we can bring up and we did that. I would call, you know, I don't want to say fourth line players, but they can fill in and do well. We have a bunch of those guys, but the difference makers, right. That's kind of what you're looking for. Right. And I think Marty is, I think goat has a chance to be that, you know, still question marks around Jake being like, what's he going to be mm-hmm. like, for me? He thinks he thinks the game at an elite level. Can he get that pace to to be able to play and, and do those things at the NHL level? That's kind of a question mark. And then uh, Ned, you know, all's Ned done down there. I'm talking about the goalie down there. Right. I can't even say his name right, so I don't put <laughs> it. But he he uh, he all he does is win. You know. Right. And I don't really care numbers sometimes, but goaltending's about that right and he's done mm-hmm. that and he came up for us played one game this year and all we did is win that one too right. and so you know i don't know i mean that might be his time too i look he played it was the game was in vancouver was the last game before the all-star break and uh he was spectacular i thought uh in that right. game uh, i know nick wah came up uh, for a short period of time with the hurricanes this year but uh, all by all accounts he had a great playoff run and end of the season uh he's also a right shot center i know how much you covet uh you covet that guy is he on your radar screen he he is he is and he's kind of those guys i talked about earlier with you about you know we've got a bunch of those guys i feel down there bishop came up and played really well and then he got hurt right uh, this year and got sent down and i think patrick brown's another one right Mm -hmm. we didn't see him all year and then we see him in the playoffs and he was did really well so We've got these guys, you know, Kukinen was up for a little while, Um, you know, so there are some prospects down there that, you know, I'm I'm maybe a little more, maybe too biased on them because there are guys and I kind of want to see them and give them a shot and versus necessarily going out and getting other players that maybe they sound sexier, but, you know, you don't know what you're getting. And uh, I'm always a little leery about that. Let me ask you about a couple of uh, NHL players, and then we'll uh, we'll let you go about the business. We have the draft coming up at the end of the week, and there's, uh, then we get into free agency and all that. And then it's uh, it's uh, recruit Justin Williams season after that. Um, you have two guys, two defensemen that are hurt, or that may not make the beginning of the season. Uh, maybe Trevor Van Riemsdyk will be there at the beginning of the season, a four- to six-month recovery from uh, what looked to be a pretty gruesome shoulder injury. You don't know. Uh, same thing with Calvin DeHaan. They say four to six months that uh, takes him to come back. How does it change the way you guys approach the off season with that sort of uncertainty? Well, that's a good good question because you know that that four to six months is is a big window, yeah. right? And and then you know you hope if say four to six months the guys are back in four months, it's not so bad. But what if it is six months? That's you know that's a quarter of your season. You can't be waiting around to see what happens. As we know, I mean mm-hmm. every game's so important. So yeah, we got to have a plan in place. Now we do have a couple of young D men, right? We're talking about Bean and we're talking about Flurry. That you know at some point we got to find out if. If they, you know, are they NHLers or not, right? I mean, mm-hmm. being still pretty young, Flurry we've seen come up and down, so it, he's going to have to step up, and you know, obviously play a little more minutes than he did here for us at the end of the year. So, I mean, that's I would, right now as we stand, that's probably, you know, how it looks. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I, I have a funny feeling we'll have to do something more than that because you can't go into the season with just with that. So, 
um, that's something we'll have to address, I'm sure. Uh, and you might see some of that here, in, you know, next couple of weeks. About middle of the season, it uh, it was, you know, whether you buy into it or not, in the rumor mill, there were all sorts of uh, right-shot defensemen getting traded, whether it was Brett Pesci or Justin Falk or even Dougie Hamilton early on. Uh, and then Pesci was moved to the left side. Did his play production, I don't know if, if surprise you is the right word, but what did you think about his play on the left side, and are you content to leave him there? Well, no, I wasn't surprised. And, again, and we talked about this. I, this whole right shot, left shot thing, you know, right deep, playing on left side, I, I never knew it was an issue until a couple <laughs> of years ago. that it, like I didn't understand that. Right. Concept. Like, it's your NHL player. And there's advantages and disadvantages to be both. And you see right wingers play on the left side and left wingers sure. play on the right side and no one really says much about that, right? So I, I don't is it not is it perfect to have the righties and lefties match up? You, yeah, it is, but it's not that big a deal. And if you're, you know, an NHL player you should be able to do both. And I, those guys can do it. You ask them, they kinda of just laugh when you ask them. I mean, I'm sure you've asked them yeah. about it. Like it's it's not that big a deal. And there are sometimes you'll see when a pass comes over and it jams them. And but you, you know they're good enough to handle it and you know move it on versus you know when you are a righty left easy matchup it's it's a little more uh, seamless and things happen a little easier but uh, it's not the end of the world so the end of the world you you want to have four or five or six elite defensemen and that's kind of where we're headed and we like and that's doesn't matter if you're right shots or left shots you want to lobby for Justin Falk to sign a contract extension <laughs> you're asking me all these secret questions here. Well, I've lobbied for I want to get them nice. You know, you know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want, I want to have all our guys locked up. That's what I'm kind of saying. It'd be nice. And, but I know how it works too. So that's not going to be easy. Uh, I, I think we've talked, started trying to get him to at least think about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, we'd love to have him locked down. I mean, that's a, a big part of it. So, uh, you know, that's one of those ones where it gets tough. And then we talk about, you know, we want to get all these guys locked down, but the numbers have to be right too. Right. Uh, you know, we don't want to be, you know, spending way too much for one guy we really like because that affects how we, you know, do business with everyone else. We got to make sure we have a lot of good players, not just one good player. If you know what I mean. So, Absolutely. I'm going to get to that um, other well, that other player in a minute. Uh, but okay. I I am curious because what did you see from Justin's development this year, Justin Falk's development this year, uh, that turned him into a player that the organization really needs to keep? Uh, I think his commitment uh, and his consistency. Like, I think if you – he had a few stinker games, that, you know, which is expected everybody right. does. And, you know, it, it, but really, I think you would agree from start to finish, he was pretty solid. Yep. And, uh, you know, his numbers weren't great. You know, I you know it was obviously – you know, he, he was a, ran the power play and the power play wasn't great. And there were things where we'd love to see better, but – all in all, five on five, like he was as good as anybody out there and could play him against all the best players. And, you know, he was physical. He, he just, for whatever reason, I don't know what happened in the previous couple of years, he just kind of came off it. And this year when he came to camp, his attitude was great. And, um, you know, he, he just something different about him. And I think he, he kind of showed us all the kind of player he, we, we expect. And, uh, and to be honest, he's a player I love, so I'm hoping that uh, we can figure that one out. Yeah, I think uh, people got kind of caught up in the fact that he wasn't scoring, but he was playing well. I mean, I I think, I mean, if we have respect for your decision-making as a head coach, and I believe we all do, um, the ice time 
kind of tells the story in terms of what you believe, uh, who you believe the players that need to be on the ice are, because he was right there with Jacob Slavin all year in terms of ice time. Right. Right. Well, there you go. So you are smarter than you look, maybe. That's good. (laughs) We're going well here. Thank you very much. All right, two more questions. The first one is about uh, your the first decision you made as a head coach, essentially to name Justin Williams the captain. Because I talked to Justin about this, and I wondered if the the previous year, I mean, he had to adjust to not being not wearing a letter initially. But there was also a uh, the adjustment and the the fact that around the locker room that a lot of people looked to him anyway, and that maybe it wasn't good for either Jordan Stahl or uh, Justin Falk that people were still looking to Justin Williams uh, for leadership as opposed to the two guys who wore the C. Uh, so how did the dynamic change this year? Wow. Well, first thing you're saying is 100% accurate. Like, I mean, I, don't, I won't be able to explain it properly. You did it better already. But it, it, when, you know, you come in and you sign, I think we all would agree we were kind of looking for that leader um, in the locker. And the guy that had been there before done it, and we get him, and then he doesn't get put in that situation. It actually, to your point, it makes it really awkward for the guys that all of a sudden are elevated is that when everybody knows it should be another guy. Right. So that is the first, you know, mistake, whatever you want to call it. That, that, that's tough on those two guys. And you're talking about Jordan and Justin uh, fall because they are kind of put in that situation. And, you know, so that was, a, that was an interesting dynamic. I think they handled it well, both those guys. And then Justin did too. I mean, you didn't hear a peep out of him, mm-hmm. right, when that went down. He just said, okay, this is how we do it. I'm going to go do my job. And he did it. Um, and so, you know, you got to give all those guys a lot of credit on how that all went down, in my opinion. And then, again, it was a pretty easy decision for me to just correct something that I felt was an easy correction. And I think it was easy, too, because I already talked to all the guys and, you know, involved, and they all – it was their opinion the same. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we certainly didn't rock the boat there. Um, and, and again, we've talked enough about the leadership because all three of those guys, you know, I thought had great years. Uh, Jordan obviously missed a huge part of the year, almost half the year, which was unfortunate, but, um, we all know it, you know, you know what I think of him. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I think we gotta, we get, we're in good shape there. Yeah. Look, I, uh, even going back two years, talking to Justin Falk and Jordan Stahl, uh, about Justin Williams, they referred to him a lot as you would refer to a captain, even though he wasn't wearing a letter. And finally, uh, as we uh, as we let you go and go get ready for the draft and spend more time with family out on the West Coast, um, I asked you before the, uh, like, I guess it was at the season-ending availability, what you wanted to see from Sebastian Ajo to take the next step. So what, you know, as we're now a month out from from that, what is what is this off season? What does this off season need to be for Aho? What does he have to come back as to take that next step and become an elite player? Hmm. Well, I'll try to sum that up quickly for you. I think he, you know, you know how much I think of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody does. It's obvious he's a, he's a great player. To your point earlier, check the ice times, right? Like yeah, he, it tells you who you want out there. Uh, but but there is a but in that 
there's another level he's going to have to get to if he's going to want to be that player that we're going to end up having to pay him for and he's expecting, you know, like you got to be able to play against the other team's best players all the time. And so that's that's what he has to be able to do. Um, and that means, you know, when we're on the road and, you know, where there's matchups going on and I, I can't get him against, you know, whoever, their second or third pairing and D, like he has to be able to play against their best D and their best centers and, and not just, you know, go out there and yes it is not dominated but you got to be the better one if you follow what i'm mm-hmm. saying and just you know i i can't i can't hide him if that if that makes sense i gotta he's gotta be able to get out there and he's gotta be better at face-offs and, and there's there's just a bunch of things that i think he can be a little better at and he's gonna have to be if he's our guy and so i think he's gonna get there i mean you gotta remember he's still learning a <laughs> uh, position he's still learning he's i think he what is he 21 or two or yeah, whatever 22 I mean, you can't get too uh you know, you know, put too too much on him, but but I mean, he's expected to to be that guy. So uh, he's got. I love it because I know he it's in him, and, and we've talked enough about it with him that uh, he understands that. And I think he's going to be willing to work every day to try to be that guy. So uh, there's there's another level he's going to have to get to, but I think he can he can do it. Yeah, you talked uh, you talked about Svechnikov being humble. I mean that word also describes Sebastian Ajo to me. He's such a down to earth guy. It seems to uh, to those of us that are around him. Some uh, it's uh, you know it's it's just fun to watch him go about his business. Seems to have a good attitude uh, about basically everything. Are you still having fun doing this? <laughs> yeah, I I have fun with it. Okay, I mean, there's days when I'm you know. I don't have fun, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, I, I do have fun. I enjoy it. I, and to your point with being, you know, the humbleness of, of Sebastian and, you know, Jordan Stahl and Sebastian, we have – and you you deal with them a lot, Adam. Yeah. Like, they are good. Like we, you know, I'd say it probably anyway, but I believe it. Like, they are good people down there and good kids. And it's tough to find one that you would say, ah, a little questionable, right? Like, you, right. you know what I mean on that. And I, and that – and, I think you vouch for that, and and so it's it's pretty. Uh, it's, that's what's fun to be around a group of guys like that. And, you know, win or lose, I think for the most part, the the you could say we, we we give it everything we have, and that's what you want. So that's what we need to continue to do. But I think with, that's why I keep saying about, I want to bring these guys back because you can hang your hat on that. Yeah. So I feel pretty good about it. Um, you know, the coaching thing's interesting. You know, it's, <laughs> it's definitely tough in that. It feels. Uh, feels like you really never win you know when you win you always you expect to win and then when you lose it's tough so there's a i'm having to figure that one out a little bit <laughs> if you want to enjoy it a little more uh, to your point but uh no I, I i have a lot of fun with these guys you made your you made your players enjoy it uh just enjoy the ride a little bit so uh you should do this you should take your own advice uh i, I hate comparing any team to uh the 2006 team because it was very different. You guys were veteran players. Right. There were leadership. There was leadership. There, there were 15 guys that could have worn letters on right. uh, on that team. It was really amazing to me. Um, but I think this was the most fun I have had being around uh, this team, this organization. Uh, I think that speaks a lot to what you did. It also speaks to Justin Williams, uh, but also the attitude of the guys. So uh, as long as it continues to be fun, um, then uh, keep it. Are we going to have a storm surge next year? Well, what do you want to do? What do you think we should do? Just asking. You ask me all these questions. Okay. What do you think? I think you should do it if it's organic. 
So if it's if it's yeah. if it's a natural fit, then yeah, right. I I would yeah. I would keep doing it. So I don't I, think you I do agree. it when it's forced. I think you do it because right. it's natural. Hundred percent. It has to be that way, and that's what it was, right? right. And that's that's why it, it, it. I mean, it morphed into something a little bigger, but I mean, that's the idea. Somehow, the connection from the players to the fans has to continue in a special way, and that's however that is. I don't have the answer to that, but um, I think we'll figure something out, and uh, you know, cause I think that's what we've created as special and unique to our team, and you know, to be honest with you, everyone's talking about it. And I think they, they, they kind of wish they had that too. So that's uh, something special. We need to continue. That's, you know, some way. There is or was at least one player from a different, from another team who asked one of the Hurricanes uh, support staff if it would be okay if he came out and watched the storm surge if Carolina won a game at PNC Arena. I know that for a fact. So... Oh, yeah. There were players well, around the league that I, thought it was cool. I, well, I just – the golf term I'm at, I do here, this charity event, it's uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins does it with me as well. And um, it, we we talked about it. We actually had our little forum, you know, for the uh-huh. thing. We asked questions and people were asking. And that was the big thing. And uh, I actually even got him to wear a bunch of jerk shirts. So I got to find a picture <laughs> and get it sent out because he lost a bet and he had to he had to put it on. So awesome. But that was the, the number one thing people were talking about, right? The, the question mm-hmm. he had said, so he's on another team. He said he would even look for the – he could care less about the game when, you know, he wasn't playing against us. He'd watch the highlights to hope that they would show something see what we did after because they thought it was so fun right like right so i think that tells you a lot the players you know they think it was great and i think they 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 understand the backlash and this and that and from, from a lot of markets but they they think it was pretty good well thank you very much for your time uh i'll see you soon i'll talk to you soon uh good luck at the you draft and uh we'll uh we'll be in touch you got it take care thanks ronnie That's this week's Cane's Corner with Adam Gold. Download or subscribe to our podcast every Monday during the Carolina hurricane season in the iTunes or Google Play stores or listen at WRALsportsfan.com and on our WRAL Sports Fan app. And don't forget, for the latest Cane's coverage, log on to WRALsportsfan.com. Every game on the Cane's radio flagship, 99.9 The Fan. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.